Hi, and welcome to The Well Exchange, where we talk about how our spiritual reality impacts our business, our relationships, and more. On today's podcast, we're discussing core concepts that we use in our coaching and intercession business. For more information or to connect with us, check us out at thewell.exchange or on Instagram at thewellexchange. Hi, we're Greg and Angela Frost. Hi, my beautiful wife. <laughs> Hello. Um, and uh, so we... You get all fuzzy when you look at me. <laughs> I know. And I have a nice smile the whole time. Um, so we're, we have a business called The Well Exchange. And we do. And we've that for how long? Almost seven years now. Really? Yeah. No, it's, been, it's like almost five years. Oh, just over five years, I think. Okay. And what do we do? What do we do? Yeah. We do intercession, which we'll share what our definition of intercession is in a moment. But we yeah. do intercession and prayer and prophetic coaching for business owners. Yeah. So prayer and prophetic coaching and intercession. Do you want to define what intercession is? Well, there are many def- definitions of intercession. That's what I mean. So what's our, what's our I definition? feel like our style of intercession and the way that we come alongside our clients is really anchored in listening prayer, mm-hmm. which we'll share more about what listening prayer is if you don't know what that is. Um, we do a collective group assignment, so we don't have individuals praying for a business. We come together as a team, so we're doing it in relationship. Uh, so we kind of discern an assignment together after we listen, and then we go after it, kind of like a SWAT team. Okay. Um, in and out, bing, bang, boo. Yeah. <laughs> and we journey with our clients month to month. So it's yeah. not just about this blind kind of covering for your business, but it's actually relationally connecting, knowing what's going on in your business mm-hmm. and walking at a heart level with business owners. Um, so it's kind of transformed into a coaching business as well because we get a lot of stuff in prayer because we submit it to the business owner and we're very in this place of posture, I should say, of, mm-hmm. um, hey, like we can get stuff from God, but we know in part and yeah. we pray in part, prophesy, prophesy in part. part. Yeah. yeah. And so we're not the end all be all final say of someone's business. It's just a collective sounding board, I think, for a lot of business owners. And so it's morphed into a prophetic coaching business just out of our business owners that we serve. Mm -hmm. So they've kind of asked, they read our reports, they really resonate. um, And now we walk it out with them. So Mm -hmm. usually most of our clients do the intercession, which is kind of prophetic insight into their business for what's happening for that month or season or something like that. And then we do a coaching call with them where we hear what's happening in their business, equip them in intercession to pray through things and discern things and um, give them a place to process and be a sounding board without judgment or opinion. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit of what the Well Exchange is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's been neat because quite often if you're fulfilling a service and you're equipping the people that you're fulfilling the service for in the business that it seems like a conflict of interest, but we've actually found quite the opposite where, you know, as we build a relationship, because we're super relational, mm-hmm. people want to continue that relationship on. But what's really neat about our intercession style um, is that, you know, we've, we've triggered a lot of our clients. <laughs> we have triggered fun. a lot of our clients, and mostly all of them. That's right. And as they've stuck through with us, yeah. um, we get to see the breakthrough that they're longing for. And so I think we'll talk a little bit about that and s- some of the terms that we use mm-hmm. of like negative numbers and positive numbers. And um, yeah, I think we've just learned a lot of stuff over the years Yeah, because really it's not mentors. like we uh, have conjured up a lot of stuff that we've um, 
receive from the Lord just in our own individual lives. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the really cool blessings we've gotten in walking at a heart level with our clients is we've received the revelation with them. Yep. So we've had, I feel like, this compounding well, in a sense, of mm-hmm. um, revelations that have just kind of been placed into our unique well that we get to pull from all the time. So yeah. maybe we should share the story of, like, why we named it the Well Exchange. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. You go ahead. You have a better <laughs> storytelling. But you're great. such a better storyteller. I'm a great color commentator. <laughs> okay. So we originally did not call it the Well Exchange. What did we call it, Greg? Joie de Vier. Yes, and a lot of people thought we were a French company, mm-hmm. right? But the whole essence of it was that there was this joy of life yeah. um, and that you could do prayer and intercession a different way where it was life-giving and all that. So maybe before we share the story of the well, do you want to just maybe explain your um, experience with intercession before the well and yeah, your sure. experience yeah, with, with the well? <laughs> well, it wasn't even just the well. It was like, you know, the people who have poured into our lives. Yeah. And we're hopefully going to have a lot of them in our, on our podcast. And it's funny because I was just thinking about like the collective sum total of their years of experience are probably hundreds of years. Yeah. And that's... So basically what you're saying they're, is they're mentored they're old. by old people. <laughs> they're old. They have a crown of, of wisdom. They do. They which do. Which is their glory. Yeah. And that's what it says in the Bible. Yep. Um, but no, it's, it's also just the multitude of people. Mm-hmm. that pour into our life and how there's a lot of consistencies that cross pollinate but also just the value of you know mentors who are older and have been through life mm-hmm. speaking into your life and so um, can we pause for just yeah, a second because you mentioned something that i think a lot of people seek mentorship mentorship is an important thing to seek and go after sure. um but we've had people share with us how we have gone about that differently like there is something in the way that we pursue mentors that makes how we've gotten a lot of the things that we've gotten different Mm -hmm. and it's not because we've just sought a mentor and we're like okay teach us everything you know but i feel like we've had a lot of people point out to us and even our mentors Mm -hmm. our, our, our spiritual parents have said you know it's not just that you come and you're seeking information you come and you reveal your heart yeah and then we can reveal our heart back to you and that's where the impartation and the revealing and the revelation actually comes from is it's not just another book that we read or notch on our belt in a sense. It's or like, look who's mentoring me. Yeah. We've just yeah. genuinely come <clears throat> with this heart posture of I'm going to reveal my whole heart to you. And we know that we're not normal. <laughs> like we, we, well, and the, even like with your background, like growing up with your dad in the music industry and you seeing famous people or you being a, like a high level swimmer mm-hmm. and like swimming with some of the best swimmers in history um, me growing up in like my dad's a very successful business person growing up in competitive sport and with a lot of peers going professional like myself like like yourself yeah. and in that trajectory before injury took us both out yeah. um we don't really care who the people <laughs> are like in terms of their um their title or like them being on stage because it, it doesn't really matter people are people mm-hmm. we want to receive them for who who they are mm-hmm. and it's been interesting because as we get to walk stuff out it's like oh they're they are just a person like they have their flaws too but we just want to receive them for who god's made them to be yeah. and receive the anointing and impartation in relationship yeah and so like that's that's Which is super different. like mentorship right? it's sometimes i feel like mentorship is just kind of one-sided like well, i'm coming to right? you yeah. yeah and and you just share all the things with me and and I'll just sit there and kind of receive kind of like school Mm -hmm. education that kind of thing and I what 
I have heard people say to us, so it's kind of weird talking about how great we are. We're amazing. <laughs> we are amazing. Um, but what people have consistently said to us is we don't come with this mindset of, hey, educate me yeah. on all of these things. We come with this heart posture of, I just want to sit and be a part of your life yeah. and in the space of life, reveal what's going on. And so yeah. it's not like when we talk about some of our mentors, we sat and we've had this in-depth training that you get at a lot of conferences or anything like that. Yeah. We've actually learned through just doing life with them. Yeah. Like intercession, for example, mm -hmm. I don't remember sitting at an intercession conference to learn yeah. intercession but I remember, you know, the phone calls of, hey, our, our kids are going through this or we're experiencing this in our marriage or our community. And yeah. we revealed what was happening in our lives. Yeah. And then they revealed back to us. And it was just this beautiful dance of learning and experiencing and impartation. Well, let, let's pivot like what we were originally going to talk about. Mm -hmm. And let's talk a little bit, rewind back to the well. But I think we should talk about the, the seven spirits of God. And um, and just talk about how revelation comes and what that actually means, because that's a key part of what we do in intercession. And so, I mean, that'll be a good foundation for who we are and what we do and all that kind of stuff. But rewinding back to your initial question. My initial question, how did we get to the well? Well, no, it was like, what was my initial experience in intercession? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Because like, I, I, like, I was like, I don't, I don't really want to. Maybe we should preface this with sometimes we go on rabbit trails, but we do come back. <laughs> <laughs> one of one of our amazing mentors um, is the master of rabbit trails. He is a it's master. A, it's a labyrinth of yeah. tangents, is what I said. But uh, so we can bring it back. So basically, my experience with like prayer meetings or intercession was this hour and a half of arduous trudging through, crying out to God for something to happen, and it just felt loud. Like loud, I guess it was just like it was boring boring it was like why why are we so emotional and sad and when god is you know the fruit of the kingdom of god or of, of who he is the fruit of the spirit is love and joy and peace mm -hmm. i wasn't experiencing those things in these meetings and i was like why on earth would i come up to these but it was because we were in ministry like i was in ministry as a single guy and i was like okay you gotta go to the prayer meeting i was like oh man this is like it's just awful I mean, let's be honest, how many people have we chatted with where we're like, hey, like, have you done intercession about it? And they're like, oh, like another prayer meeting, like another thing yeah. that I have to do. And it, you yeah. can just feel how much of a life suck it right. is. But so as, as someone who isn't like an, a natural intercessor, you had a bent to award it. I did. When you mm -hmm. came to Jesus. I didn't. I was like, okay, we pray and I want to talk to God, but realizing that intercession should be light, mm -hmm. should be those fruits of love and joy and peace. You don't have to carry a burden forever. Like, cause Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden's light. Like, that's really key in intercession. Yeah. And so that's what we, what we want our clients to experience in the intercession they receive. And it's what we want to experience when we do intercession. Um, and so intercession again, it's listening prayer. So we had some amazing mentors come into our life and begin to teach us it's not just like prayer isn't ambiguous. There's actually over 20 types of prayer in scripture. Yeah. And so we'll talk about those another day, but it's basically like, how do you apply the appropriate key of prayer at the appropriate time so that you can see the breakthrough you're looking for? The analogy that they have given, I think it's an amazing analogy is like going into a prison yeah. and there's like a 
done a bunch of different doors. You go through the, you know, the gate with your vehicle and you step in and there's a guard and maybe there's a keypad, maybe there's a finger scan, maybe there's a card key, maybe there's an actual physical key. And so there's all these different ways to get through doors and someone is locked inside. And so we want to unlock all of the doors with the appropriate type of prayer. And quite often we're, we're misappropriating the prayer that we're using. So it's yeah. like, we're doing the prayer of petition. We're asking God and like, we're going knock, 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 all the time. And God's just like, I just want to spend time with you. Maybe it's time for Thanksgiving. Like we ask once and then we thank him for what he's already done. Bringing the future to now. And so we don't know what he's doing, right? Our, our foundation of intercession is we don't know how to pray. <laughs> we say that every time. Right. And that we have a professional business that we don't know what we're doing. So it's wonderful. <laughs> Great for because us. Because Jesus is interceding on the right hand of the Father, says that in Scripture, and it says the Holy Spirit is interceding on our behalf. Yeah. So we just get to step into what God is doing, listen, and participate. Yeah. And that's what we teach our clients to do. And as we do that, so I mentioned negative numbers and positive numbers before. Quite often people, when they experience inner healing or something where there's a, like a degree of growth, maybe there's a trauma in their life where they see some degree of breakthrough, whether it's counseling, inner healing in the church, um, just life and growth. Quite often if we don't address things, they don't, they don't actually shift and change. It's like if a tree and when it's a sapling was bent over and then it starts to grow and it grows wonky at the bottom, it doesn't get corrected just because you, just, you grow with that wonkiness. And so it needs to be corrected. Um, and God's really gentle in how he does that. But so if people were going to quantify their healing, they usually, uh, if they're going to quantify it in a, in a number scale, they'd usually do like zero to a hundred. Mm -hmm. So say if they're really jacked up, they're like, like me. I'm a, yeah. I was messed up. Angela's like a three out of a hundred. Like <laughs> super jacked up. No, not now. No, oh. no. But like, like that's what you said. Like I'm, you know you were you were gonna die like that mm -hmm. was part of your story and um and just crying out well you weren't even crying out to god you were just preparing for that and then mm -hmm. now um you get some modicum of healing you come to know jesus whatever and you feel like oh like i feel like i'm 100 but maybe i'm a 30 or something but the reality is this number scale if you're going to quantify it as, mm -hmm. as an analogy yeah. is the scale is negative 100 to positive 100. And so in negative numbers, that's where we need to experience the counseling, we need to experience the inner healing. We need to have community around us to help us walk through those negative numbers and into up to zero. Now, yeah. and, and then into positive numbers, this is important to understand, positive numbers are where we rule and reign as kings and priests, where we step into our royal identity as co-heirs in Christ. And that's what we're designed to do that's what yeah. we love to equip others to do in intercession in their businesses. And, um, and so really like stepping into inheritance and promises. With it's inheritance, but it's like your ori original, original design, design. Yeah. your original design and your identity. But the tricky part is when we come into a business where we trigger people, as I mentioned before, <laughs> is we trigger, we trigger them, people yeah, in, in their <laughs> negative numbers. Constantly. Yes. And, and so people, you know, they're like, I came in for intercession for my business. You know, maybe you're investing in it as like an ROI. You know, you're going to get a two times return for this investment. And no, it's like, oh, all of a sudden you're bringing up all this dirt. And it's like, we're not doing it. I really believe God does that because you are a direct reflection of your business. Yeah. And if you're a direct reflection of your business, then the iniquity in you 
Iniquity is a term we use quite often, and it's it, biblically it's what we call good, evil, and evil, good. And our clients, everyone has iniquity. We have iniquity still. God is revealing over time. If he were to reveal it all to us at once, we would not figuratively, but we would literally die. Because it's yeah. like, wow, this is how out of alignment I am. And it would just crush us under the weight of, of our sin. But by his grace, he doesn't mm-hmm. reveal it all at once. He does it slowly. So that we can be conformed into the image of Christ, yeah. into who we're originally designed to be, and influence cities and nations for for Him. Yeah, and I love starts, that conforming yeah. is a process. It's not yeah. like immediately you're conformed into the image of Christ forever and ever, and you have nothing else that you have to work through. Well, it's like the original gospel message of like you were saved at the cross, you are being saved, and you will be saved. Yeah, it's a hard mystery. Yeah, it's to it actually embrace. Yeah. yeah. Because we are being saved in, we are being conformed in the image of Christ. We will be saved in eternity. We get a, we are new. We get a new body, mm-hmm. and and so it's it's the redemptive work of Jesus is done, and it's being done, and it will be done. And that's just one of the mysteries in Scripture that we embrace of the gospel, and it's what we embrace with our clients. And so, as a foundation, this is like this is who we are as a business. This is what we do. So, how do you because bringing it back from the rabbit trail just a bit is you mentioned like oh intercession it was arduous it was exhausting it was like if i if you could hear an eye roll i feel like every time we approach a business owner yeah i feel like every time we approach a business owner like oh have you done intercession for their company it's like you can hear the eye roll of oh like a prayer meeting for my company like and it was just we had found yeah like the church has done a really poor job of serving businesses well with honor and life and that kind of thing. Because one of the things we wrestled through as an intercession company is who are we and how do we reveal the kingdom and life in prayer? And so how have you experienced life in intercession um, in our company? Yeah. Cause you said, you know, that was, uh, this is what I used to think intercession was and, Oh, it's just arduous and oh, like drag. I literally had to drag your feet to prayer meetings sometimes. And I don't know if there's any drag your feet people out there, but I feel like there are. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, a pr- prime example of a, an owner of a business that didn't want to do it in the first place. But um, it's consistently one of the most life-giving parts of our week now. We get to pray with clients, just participate with what God is doing. So you're asking, what, what well, that? what makes it life-giving? Like, what's what has been your experience of the difference? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I don't have to come in with the answers. Mm. Um, you know, part of it is our team. Yeah, we, great we team. have an incredible team. Like, I think they're better than us all the time. <laughs> they are. Um, they're so much yeah. better than and, us. And so, it, I mean, not that we're comparing, but it's like, like these people are amazing. Mm-hmm. And they bring so much value. Uh, you know, that's one of the key objections that we come across, even for me, of like hearing this initial concept of why would I pay for prayer? And it's really like there's lots of different um, places in scripture where we could go back and say, like, this is why. But a really key one is where your treasure is there, your heart is also. So do you do you value the spiritual reality of your business? Mm-hmm. And that, that's like a key foundation, again, for why would I pay for prayer? That's that's a reason. Um, there's lots of other ones as well. Lots of instances where people get paid for ministry and you know we're offering this as a service in the business world a valuable service where there's actual value we bring and we see 
a net return on investment over time because of what God is doing in your heart and in your business spiritually. But it's not like a, like a you know, marketing um, ROI where it's like, okay, we're gonna like I said, two to one your investment. Uh, for me, where where it became life giving is like I said, the people were um, the uh, the process and the process of listening. So again, we don't have to go in with an agenda. We don't yeah. often take prayer requests. We do if it's it's if it's an emergency, and we listen based off of the prayer requests. Um, and we just ask God, okay, what are you, what are you doing in this business? What do you, what do you want to show us today? And as he shows us stuff, um, we get to participate, we get to pray, we get to release that prophetic breakthrough to the business. Yeah. And that's super fun because I get to just participate with God and what he's doing. And, you know, ultimately that's the goal for every aspect of our life. So the question is with business owners is, are you doing that regularly? Mm-hmm. And I can say we don't do that regularly ourselves. We do that in our intercession, but it's like we're learning how to do this in every aspect of our life. Yeah. Like as parents, we for sure fail. Oh, of yes. like, oh man, I, I made a mistake. And so what do you do when you make a mistake? You apologize and move forward. You do that with God. There's so much grace and mercy for us. But it's it's learning this thing of how do I participate with you, God? And as we've grown in this, I would say, again, the percentage of time, if we're going to quantify it, has grown as well. Where it's like, man, that, that doesn't matter as much. Like, you know, for kids to trigger us or something. Say, you know, whatever, they, they made a mess. It's just a mess. It can be cleaned up. Um, You've come so far. I've come so far. <laughs> uh, but it's, okay, God, how do I participate with them in revealing who you are to them? And so we get to do that as business owners with our clients. And we get to walk alongside our, our clients as business owners to the marketplace and see them do that with their clients. And we get to see a compounding effect of the kingdom of God because ultimately the kingdom of God is relationships. Like at the end of the day, the thing we carry in eternity is everything that's done in love and what that means in relationship. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that's why it's super life giving. That's why we, we want to continue and grow this business and, and see people's lives change because it's just a, a net reflection of who we are. But I mean, your story would be different than mine if, as why you wanted to start it. Cause you actually wanted to be an intercessor in the business world. Yeah, I, I in my heart always really loved praying for business people. Um, and I had this internal frustration often with intercessors mm-hmm. um, because I felt like a lot of the times they just kind of came in and, you know, would hear a situation and then just give an opinion or they would give their perspective and they would just pray and declare and all those things. And I would get internally frustrated because I feel like I wanted to just sit and listen with that business owner and create a place where they could grow in their level of discernment of what God is saying. Because I feel or I felt often that the church kind of just always gave an opinion to the business world and then kind of siloed. And I felt for business owners because they were, I felt like they were always siloed. There was Mm -hmm. no um, intermingling of what God was doing in the business realm and how to actually empower and equip them to take ground in the spirit to, you know, grow their businesses and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. But yet when you look through scripture, you see God really valuing business owners and key city leaders and all that. I always think of Ruth and Boaz and how Boaz met at the gates with city leaders, like there was an important value Mm -hmm. of what he carried in his heart um, as a business leader and as a steward of a city and 
and those kind of things. And so I always just felt in my heart, there has to be a more life-giving way to partner with business owners. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've held that in my heart. And so I had friends, um, I say now that my brother-in-law was the first person to pay me to do intercession, but I actually was reminded just the other day that when I was a missionary, I actually had a business owner see what I carried in my heart and they partnered with me to pray for their businesses. Mm -hmm. And now they have an incredible, um, I want to say like events space, business space for Latin Americans coming into the United States and they create space for them to be welcomed, mm -hmm. to thrive in business, to um, adjust to culture, but still retain the value of culture that they have in their hearts. They mm -hmm. give them resources. They give them space to process the transition and I saw that unfold from like an initial idea to doing the prayer through it to see what it is today. And it's just really yeah. beautiful. Um, so that was actually the first time I ever actually prayed for a business and, and saw it. They've had like smooth sailing the whole time, right? No, yeah. no, no, no. no they have, they've had ups and downs. Ups like, and downs. So this is the thing is our intercession business isn't an insurance policy. It's not stormproof. Yeah. yeah, we don't stormproof your business. No. Um, we, we walk alongside you through the process, highs and lows. But can we just say, like, God's not looking to stormproof your business? Exactly. That's, that's what I mean. That's not his heart, is to stormproof your life or stormproof your business. If he did, wouldn't you think that Jesus would have sat there and been like, oh, can you just stormproof the cross for me? Right. Let, and Jesus, well, in his complete humanity, was like, please stormproof this for me. Like, please, is there any other way? But and that's our humanity. You're, you're talking about stormproofing, and that's the, like the analogy of Jesus on the boat with the disciples when he fell asleep. Yeah. Right. And so we know what Jesus did every day. So he would get up early, and he would go on the mountain, and he would pray. He would spend time in depth with his Father, and he was in community. Mm -hmm. That was the important thing. Was yeah. He, like, he was around other people. And so he had the peace internally to sleep through the storm. Yeah. The disciples didn't have that internal peace. They could sleep through the storm. I mean, can you imagine like rolling waves? I see some of the stuff of like uh, deadliest catch or something on <laughs> on TikTok, and it's like want to vomit. <laughs> and it's like, how, how do you actually stay on that? And they were in the middle of a giant storm, thinking they're going to capsize. Like I would probably be fearful too, but Jesus had the internal peace yeah. and commanded the peace in the situation. And so, and, and the situation because it was likely demonic not likely it was a demonic storm they're trying to kill jesus yeah he commanded peace so it doesn't mean the storms but when of you life go to that come. sea today it's still peaceful isn't it no there's still there's storms love no no what, what i'm saying is oh. yeah oh. uh there's still storms but there's gonna be storms there's gonna be like jesus afterward he had other storms called pharisees with the religious spirit trying to kill him there's so many things trying to kill him oppose him there's going to be stuff as we are progressing. I mean, like, what do you think? Like, let's just ponder that for just, this is so you guys can get a little insight on like how our daily conversations go. When you say that, what hits my heart is like, if Jesus, if God actually wanted to storm proof Jesus's life, would he, because you know that Jesus was sitting there in his heart posture. I only do what the father is doing. That was his heart posture, right? So if he wanted to storm proof Jesus's life, mm -hmm. would he have put Judas into his life? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. But that's what God was doing. Good point. That's a hard mystery to sit in. Mm -hmm. Is why would God 
allow someone like Judas mm -hmm. because you like you sit there, you read and you know, Jesus in his full sonship, he reveals himself and he says, I only do what my father is doing. I'm here to reveal the father. So why would the father allow someone like Judas, someone who betrayed him, who, who was in Jesus's inner circle, Jesus revealed fully who he was to, to Judas to actually, um, be in his inner circle mm -hmm. and knowing fully knowing that he was going to betray him the father knew that because he's you know omnipotent and um, outside of time oh, and all those really cool mysteries that we could chat about another time but relationally that's like when we chat with business owners sure like <clears throat> we talk through business structures and where god's taking their business and all that but a lot of the time most of our conversations are around their relationships because mm -hmm. what you shared was the only thing that goes into eternity with us is our relationships. Mm -hmm. It's the only thing that goes because God is relational. He is three in one and he is the full revealing of relationships, right? So don't you find it interesting that in the midst of Jesus fully revealing himself, what the father was doing was allowing Judas, the betrayer, to come into his life. Mm -hmm. And that's hard, like for business people. How often are business leaders betrayed or, you know, they are in a relationship and then it goes sour because of money, because that's what was revealed in Judas's heart. He turned Jesus in for money. Well, he was, it was proven he was stealing because it, it says in the scripture he was stealing. Yeah. That's why he was so upset with the alabaster jar. Yeah. Why would you let this, like this could be sold and given to the poor. Why would you allow this to happen, Jesus? Why would you... Let her break a year's worth of salary. So like nowadays, like sixty-five, seventy thousand dollars. Yeah, but he was judging finances, right? Was like, why would you allow but, that to happen? But because he's stealing. stealing, and Jesus was aware of it. Totally aware. But did Jesus expose and reveal his sin? No. Is that no. what the Father was doing? Like these are so. Just so you guys are, you get these glimmers of how we process life. Is like, as an intercessor, mm -hmm. I want to just demystify. We're not here to expose everything all of your hidden sins yeah or all of your things because jesus didn't expose everyone's hidden sins mm -hmm. to judas or to peter or to matthew or whomever you want to pull from the batch um but he loved people in the midst mm -hmm. but what god was doing in the midst of that was relationships yeah and so when when we share you know this understanding of like you are your business and your business is a reflection of that a lot of the times we try to make our businesses transactional. Like, oh, mm -hmm. I sell a product. Oh, I do this. Oh, I do that. Which, yes, we are meant to transact. But the way that the kingdom is moving is relationships. Mm -hmm. So your business is either positioning you into a new realm of relationships or you're being positioned to cover for relationships and mm -hmm. create a culture of employees that kind of get to know each other. Like, So we go after those types of things mm -hmm. when we're chatting with our business owners and give prophetic insight often into the relational component of what business leaders carry because relationship is kingdom. Yeah. We're not your spiritual HR. Yeah. But that's what we're going going after. Mm -hmm. Um so we discern often betrayals or we should say relationship anything that's done in love and in love is a person. Yeah. Like love is a person. Mm -hmm. So anything that's done in relationship in love is the kingdom of God. Yeah. And so I want to, because, you know, we chatted about 
well, I chatted, you didn't really give a response, but about Judas and how that's what the father was doing is he brought Judas into his life. And um, we were talking about the story about um, about the well and starting. Sure, I'll, I'll share a little bit about how we got to the well. So we originally had the story, you know, Joy Devere, that was what we wanted to call our company. And then we had, I had an encounter where um we had together we had it together yeah where we just saw started seeing wells for people as we did intercession for them and did start with us yeah it did start with us yeah. it was like our personal well that jesus was revealing where it was a divine meeting place of exchange um and so it was like i was transported back into the story and i was sitting with jesus at the well and he wasn't sitting there like exposing all of my stuff we were having a quite friendly conversation um, but I just remembered like sitting there and me wanting to chat about one thing and Jesus asking a completely different question. And what that, those questions started to reveal was a, a resource that he was trying to give to us. Mm -hmm. So when you go back to the story of the woman at the well in the Bible, her resource was people. So he shifted the conversation, loved her in the midst of it. And she went out and brought a whole bunch of people in and he well, loved her the through. resource she was there for was water. She was there for water, but he flipped the script mm -hmm. to people. Um, he took completely changed the conversation, not mm -hmm. changed the conversation in like. No, you did. Yeah, yeah but sure. he shifted it. But so I sat there in this story and just saw the look in his eyes, the love, mm -hmm. and how a lot of the times we come to Jesus with this heart posture of trying to have one conversation, but he wants to have a completely different one mm -hmm. that will release resources. And so it was for us the heart posture of creating a well for people in the spirit where those types of conversations can happen. Yeah. Um, where it's honestly releasing heaven's resources for your relationships, for your business and your family and your life and all of those types of things. Yeah. And we've had, you know, inventions come out of it and formulas and relationships and buildings and all kinds of different acquisitions, acquisitions and all yeah. types of different things come out of the wells that we've, we've sat with people with but the heart of it was to create a space for a different conversation a different type of conversation with, and where it was safe for people mm -hmm. to have those types of conversations because when you start getting to the deep things of the heart um you have to feel safe mm -hmm. and you have to feel like you're covered and loved and like no matter how messy it gets we can explore it because on the other side of it like can you imagine being the woman at the well and he's like well yeah like you know, you have had five husbands, but the guy that you're with, like, isn't even your husband. Like, that's messy. Mm -hmm. That's messy because in a very gentle way, you're revealing the woundedness of the bride, mm -hmm. in a sense, to the actual person who is the bridegroom. Like, the bridegroom himself is revealing her deepest wounding, her deepest heart issue of a widowed heart. And he's loving her in the midst of it. And he loves her so well without really doing much. Like we don't see a giant deliverance ministry team or we don't see, you know, all of the different things worked through in her story. Mm -hmm. We just see him love her. And then she's so loved in the moment because she was safe and known and all those things that her deepest thing of a widowed heart was healed because love was transferred through the eyes. Mm -hmm. And she goes out and is having a completely different conversation with people, bringing them to the bridegroom mm -hmm. like that isn't that's just like i sit. these are the things that i sit and ponder in my quiet time where 
huh, I wonder how this could have unfolded. So for us, the well was creating a space for those types of conversations. Do we offer inner healing? Yes, if it comes up. Do we offer, you know, different types of things? Yes. Coaching. Coaching and, and processing. Yeah, we do offer those things, but it's not an expectation. No. And we definitely don't have a formulated system. It's done by what the Spirit is revealing, what God is doing. So mm. with that, going back to... Yeah. Does that answer the, the well exchange? Well, kind of. And also, it's like a well is a place of resource. It is a place of resource. And what are we exchanging? Just like the woman at the well, we're exchanging who we aren't for who we truly are. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because Jesus Jesus did not reveal her whole life to her. He revealed, he said one sentence. And yeah. she goes back to the town and was like, this man's told me about my whole life. Mm-hmm. Like, that's significant because her heart was seen, known, loved, and breakthrough happened for her. And so that's what we desire for our clients is that they can draw from the resources available that God's made for them. Yeah. And then they can see that breakthrough. Yeah. What do you want to talk about now? I want to go back to the story about Judas. Okay. Um, because we, we mentioned something earlier, you know, we always sit and posture ourselves, um, you know, Father, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And how do we participate? Yeah. That's what how Jesus lived his life. It's one of the key sentences, questions sentence. that we ask. And, and we're learning how to expand that into more areas of our life because we forget we're not mm-hmm. perfect at this by any stretch of the imagination. But it, it really makes me wonder because we're going to chat about, you know, offenses and judgments and heart forgiveness and all those things because there I feel like there's this subtle belief that if we're following the Lord, we're storm-proofed mm-hmm. or we're rejection-proofed or we're betrayal-proofed. Or... Yeah, people might say like, oh, I know that that's not true. Yeah, like my head knows that that's not true. But they, be- they no. But they your believe, heart. They, they believe that it's true in their heart. Yeah. But the reality is yeah. that that's just not the truth. So they're like, oh yeah, I know, I know God. I know God's going to bring some, some hardships in their head, in their heart. They believe, oh, but... I, I am stormproof because I'm I'm in him. Yeah. But even he wasn't stormproof. Exactly. Like that's Well even even like the emotional, mental state of Jesus wasn't stormproof because you look at right before the cross. Father, is there any other way? He's sweating blood, which is shown as a physiological response mm-hmm. to like extreme stress. It it actually happens in extreme stress. Like can you imagine what he was experiencing in that. And so God didn't, uh, the Father and Jesus in full participation with the Father and the Spirit in full participation with Jesus and the Father didn't alleviate the stress from Jesus as a man. Oof. So God didn't try to fix him? God didn't try to alleviate. No. Yeah. He wasn't. Well, that, that's powerful. Yeah. Because in our own humanity, yeah. often we try to alleviate the tension in someone else's life. Right. We try to alleviate the pain. We try to alleviate the storm. We try to, in our own, I'm just going to be honest. Is that okay? No. <laughs> in our own insecurities, we yeah. try to alleviate other people's circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a body of Christ, we are really bad at that. Yeah. <laughs> like guilty. We, we try to bring false comfort 
Um, we try to, you know, pray someone out of their circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the things that intercessors are guilty of is, you know, declaring and trying to do deliverance and all these things. And what it actually does in our insecurity of someone's process, we actually create more strain in the relationship. Mm-hmm. We create judgments. We do all of these things mm-hmm. and people walk away even more disheartened and disillusioned than empowered and encouraged and loved and seen and known in the midst of their process. Because that is ultimately <clears throat> what people desire. They desire so deeply. Known. Yeah. Yeah. Seen and known, not fixed or alleviated, no. but just seen and known. And in the midst of a difficulty, why did Jesus go through the cross? It was for the joy set before him. Yeah. He knew what was on the other side of it, but it was still incredibly stressful. So it's not that God alleviates situations that are stressful and difficult. Mm-hmm. He didn't do that for the disciples after Jesus died and was resurrected. Yeah. Almost all of them were martyred. Like, like literally. But it was for the joy set before them. Yeah. And so it's, it's not to that degree that we see that with our clients but so like just for a second hold on let me finish so um for for our clients difficult things come up often as the difficult things come up we get to intercede and pray through the issues of the heart because scripture is really clear about the heart man looks at the outward appearance but the lord looks at the heart what is god constantly after it's all through scriptures god's after your heart Mm -hmm. and so that's the joy of working with our clients is we get to process what's going through their lives in their hearts. Um, we get to intercede and, and allow <clears throat> those areas of their heart that have been locked away to be yeah. unlocked and for them to choose by their free will. This is important. We don't pull them out of prison. They have to choose by their free will to step out of it. But we get to see quite often people say, you know what, I want to choose to respond to that. And we've actually seen the opposite happen. We've seen Mm -hmm. clients that, you know, say this isn't for me. This isn't what I want. And and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, as an intercessor, you know, I hear, like, you think of the story of Mary on the cross. Mary, his mother, probably a deep intercession heart of some some form or capacity. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure. Um, but to watch your son be crucified for the joy set before him as an intercessor. Did she know that? I don't know if she knew that. That's the thing mm-hmm. is we don't know the fullness of it, but as an intercessor, knowing that in my own insecurities, I think I would try to rescue someone out of their crucifixion. I would try mm-hmm. to... Uh, pray them through it or try to give them more insight or or a solution or like a prophetic word to help you know bring encouragement and all those things and how we've trained our team and what makes our team so wonderful is we are very very uh, um, intentional about asking what is the father doing and how do we participate Mm -hmm. because it might not be uh, an immediate return on investment. Exactly. It might be a two-year process for someone. And we have written the same thing in reports, very different ways. For but like six, six months. Six months, months two months. years. Yeah. No, there's someone two years. We wrote yeah. very similar things because God's not in a rush for your process. With different intercession teams too, yeah. Yeah, with different That's intercession teams. 
He's not yeah. in a rush for your process because he's parenting you for eternity. So he's not in a rush to help rescue you or alleviate yeah. or any one of those things because he's getting at a core thing in your heart. Mm -hmm. And so what I love about our teams and the people that we get to work with is, yes, we pray for business owners and we do see fruit happen in their business. Fruits of the kingdom begin to just, it's almost like multiply and explode in their business, sometimes overnight depending on the heart posture of the business owner, um, sometimes months later. Uh, but what's beautiful is that we actually get to see what God is doing in their heart and who he is revealing himself to be to that person mm -hmm. in that season. Mm -hmm. Because he is revealing himself as a person, because he's relationship, instead of just like a tangible thing. So mm -hmm. God's not revealing himself as an alleviator. He's revealing himself as comfort. Mm -hmm. And it has really changed our 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 viewpoints of yeah. what comfort actually is or who comfort actually is and how comfort reveals himself mm -hmm. or how provision isn't just like, you know, we pray for businesses who are looking for finances and that kind of thing. And they're looking for a an expression of God's provision. Yeah. And it's been shifting for us to sit and be like, well, it's a person. So how is the person of provision revealing himself in relationship to you right now? And it's been different for every business. So it kind of keeps us humble because it's like, oh, we get this one revelation. And then it's like, oh, now God's over here revealing himself as comfort in a completely different way. Yeah. Or he's revealing himself as provision or peace in all of these different ways because he is a person. They, mm -hmm. are, they are people. They're relationships. So it's just beautiful how all of that unfolds the journey of the heart really of a business owner mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and getting to participate with that in intercession and um in relationship yeah yeah absolutely and it also i think triggers us because we're like oh like i think so most of the times when we're sitting in intercession meetings as we're praying for the business owner stuff in my own heart is revealed mm -hmm. And so it's really beautiful to process with the team like, wow, we, you know, we prayed through control, for example. And I realized that I used to control by trying to give a solution or trying to give an opinion or trying to like alleviate. That was my form of control mm -hmm. because I was uncomfortable in other people's processes. And then I look at Jesus and he wasn't alleviating or trying to control other people's processes. If mm -hmm. he was, he probably would have tried to control Judas's yeah. process or, you know, uh, Peter's process, you know, maybe Peter don't chop someone's ear off, you know, like, and, and then I just imagine Jesus, you know, he chops the ear off, the ear off's on the floor and he gently picks it back up with the guard who's arresting him and just places it back on and then hands him his hands to be, you know, arrested. Like, wouldn't Jesus maybe want to lead him to the Lord at that point so he doesn't get arrested? Like, yeah. these are the things that I ponder as we're in these meetings with our business owners of the true nature of the relationship of of the Trinity and who they are and how they're not in a rush and how we have so many messed up theologies of who they are because we're trying to systemize relationship. We do. We try to systemize relationship to make us feel comfort and we just can't. Mm -hmm. So our team is very comfortable with the mystery and the process and creating a safe space to discern where someone is at in their process. And, you know, some people think that the process is worth it. They believe that it is absolutely worth it. And then others, um, you know, don't want to go through the process and that's okay. Yeah. And so, you know, for our clients and, 
know, future clients who want to work through that process with, with the Lord and grow in who they're designed to be. Um, with a well exchange. <laughs> We'd love to have a call with you and connect with you and, and grow with you. And thank you.